Hello, I'm Clive Nash. Welcome to Let God Speak. Our episode title today is Seeing the Invisible. It may sound strange, but true. What we can see is often only transitory. It does not last. God is invisible but eternal. The forces of evil are out of sight, but no less real. It takes a degree of faith to accept the reality of the divine. That faith carries us through the bad times as well as the good. But that kind of Christian faith is not blind. It is based on sound evidences. Join us in just a moment as we dig deeper into today's topic. Well, on our panel today, we have Kylie Fisher and Erika Pooney. Welcome to you, Kylie and Erika. Good to have you with us. Thank you. Well, before we begin our, our discussion, let's take time to pray. Our loving Father in heaven, we just thank you that you are our guide in every situation in life. Sometimes when we're passing through difficult times, it's hard to be able to hold on to you by faith. But we pray that as we discuss our topic today, we might strengthen that tie which binds us to you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'd like to begin by reading from the little letter of Hebrews in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. It says something interesting here. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Things we don't see. Uh, Erika, how can we be sure of what we cannot see? Clive, I think there are examples in the natural world that would illustrate uh, what we're talking about, uh, faith. I'm thinking of electricity. Um, we cannot see, but it's real. Uh, it's there. There's also the example of uh, the wind. Uh, we cannot see the wind, but we can see the workings uh, of the wind. Uh, let me give you a... Uh, biblical reference that illustrate this point uh, wonderfully. Uh, from the Gospel of John chapter 3, verse 5, let me read to you the text. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it's come from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. I'm also thinking of transformed lives. Uh, you see the, the behavior of a person but there's a deeper working of the spirit that we cannot see ourselves, but there's evidence of that taking place. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, Kylie, when we look a bit further on in chapter 11 of Hebrews, uh, down in verse 27, it gives an example of, uh, of Moses. It says, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. And here's the interesting phrase here, uh, as seeing him who is invisible. Um, so, so Moses um, exemplifies faith in difficult times. C can we draw inspiration from him, do you think? I definitely think that we can. Even though we're living in a very different world in some ways to today to Moses, we can still um, learn from his experience. 
And at the time that Moses was living, Egypt was a very powerful nation. It was the most powerful nation on earth. And so uh, Pharaoh was really the most powerful ruler at the time. Yet Moses recognized that God was the creator of Pharaoh, Mm. had placed him in that position, and that God was the ruler of the universe. So even though Pharaoh was so powerful, he was no match for the creator God Mm. and the ruler of the universe. And so, yeah, we may not be faced with those exact same circumstances. Of course, we all have our own experience, but no matter how challenging the situation is, even if we were called before, you know, um, people who were very high up in the world, um, we, like Moses, can endure by seeing the invisible. Yeah, and, and I mean, God's just as willing to be with us, isn't he, yes. today, as he was with some of these, these characters that we mm. read of in the Bible. Mm. And, and Erika, uh, what are some of the, uh, the truths that sustain you in times of trial? I probably would refer to these uh, truths as fundamentals of, of Scripture. Uh, for example, the realization and the reality of God's love uh, to us. I think of the plan of salvation that we find in Scripture. I think of the human and divine nature uh, of Christ. Think of the assurance that comes through the death and the resurrection uh, of uh, Jesus. And even the promise of his soon return, all of this and more, uh, give me that assurance, not only for today, but hope for tomorrow. Mm. Yes, they certainly are reassuring, aren't they? Yeah. These truths. And, uh, you know, when, when all else fails us, we can say to ourselves, well, I've got something solid to hold on to mm. here. Um, let me have a look at uh, Romans now and see what Paul says in Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Um, Kylie, is this a a difficult text to understand? I think sometimes it can be. Uh, I think that our problem, especially as humans, is that we want things to be good all the time. And I mean, when God created the world, he created everything good. And so God's plan is for us to enjoy good. But sin actually is the thing that's interrupting the good. And as humans, you know, without the Holy Spirit, we're all just actually really attracted to sin. um, But we don't like the consequences of that. And yet when we see suffering, that shows us in a very memorable way the results of sin so that we learn how dangerous sin is and we turn from it. And um, I really like what Brunt has to say about this. He says, uh, this is another important consideration when we think about the problem of suffering. Even when we don't have answers to our questions, we do have the assurance of God's presence. And I think for me as a Christian, that's God does not promise us that we won't have troubles in the world. But, you know, I know that he is always there. And if we look a little further on in um, Romans chapter 8 and verse 30, it says, Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, 
these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. And so Paul is really looking here at the long-term picture. You know, we're glorified at the second coming of Christ, as we were mentioning before. And that's something that is real um, wonderful thought for me and um, such a hope, you know, one of the hardest experiences I think that we have to deal with is death. And for me, you know, the passing away of my mum, and she was really, you know, relatively young, not even 60, um, was very sad. And But I really am looking forward to seeing her again, mm-hmm. you know, on that golden and glorious morning. Yes. So, Erika, is, is Paul writing off the possibility of bad things happening to Christians? Well, you know, Clive, it's interesting because I think sometimes um, even Christians uh, subscribe to the view that perhaps when, when you in, uh, accept Christ, uh, things will, will go well. Um, Romans chapter 8 uh, is an interesting passage of Scripture because uh, the beginning of that chapter starts with this assurance of salvation uh, in Christ. And Kylie uh, reference, of course, this beautiful argument that uh, in, in this life and in the context of salvation, uh, God the Father is for us, uh, God the Son is for us, and even God the Spirit is, is for us. And so, so the, the, the question, even in a difficult world uh, where we constantly face trials, and by the way, even Jesus himself uh, faced trials in his life uh, on earth, but the assurance is God is fully on our side. And that gives us hope as we move into the future, as we deal with everyday situations. The assurance is, hey, everything is okay because of God. Mm. Because of God. Uh, I I like this uh, statement from George Knight, a historian and also a theologian. The cross is the guarantee of the continuing generosity of God, totally dedicated to completing what he has begun in the gift of Jesus Christ. Uh, And of course, uh, there is the idea which Paul conveys clearly that uh, we can have all things through Christ. Mm. So, Carly, just uh, I want to turn to you now next and say, does does God, you know, really joy, take joy in, in responding to him when we pray? Yes, we, there's so many assurances in the Bible that he definitely does. And, you know, God actually is the one that comes looking for us even before we go in search of God. He's the one that comes looking for us. And one of the um, one really beautiful promise is in John chapter 14 and verses 13 and 14. And um, if we think about the context of this, that helps us to appreciate just how wonderful this promise is. You know, and our topic today is seeing the invisible. And this verse is so significant because it was spoken on the night of Jesus' betrayal, the, um, the night before his crucifixion. And he was in the middle of this discourse telling the disciples that he was leaving them and that he would send the Holy Spirit. And so there was a real was a real transition point between being, you know, something that's tangible and seen and moving to something that's unseen. And so it was at this point that he spoke these words uh, in verse 13. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask 
anything in my name, I will do it. Mm. What a powerful promise to mm. his disciples. And so Carly, what does it uh, mean to ask in the name of Jesus? Uh, well, I often end my prayers by saying, you know, in Jesus name, amen. And that's such a powerful name. To me, I think maybe there's two key points that I would say. One is that I have no merit of myself to come to Christ or to come to God, but it's through the merits of Christ that I come to God and coming in the merits of Christ, the sort of related point to that is that, uh, you know, we're, we're coming in the character of Christ. We're coming in the spirit of Christ. And so even though it says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Well, yes, but it's you know, the things that are according to God's will. You know, Christ was always in submission to his father's mm. will. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, not you know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Erika, when we are going through difficult times, uh, does God act dramatically and instantly uh, to answer our prayers? I think God's uh, scripture is very clear. And I think reflecting on my own experience, God responds to our prayers in many different ways. I think there are times where his response to our prayers can be dramatic. Uh, other times he kind of speaks to us in a very uh, quiet voice. What I think is important, uh, Clive, is the fact that uh, God's response to our petitions and our request uh, is subject to his will. And what God sees as what is best for us at any given time. I find this uh, quote very relevant uh, from the, the author, uh, Alan White, and I want to share this uh, with us. But to pray in the name of Jesus is something more than a mere mention of that name at the beginning and the ending of a prayer. It is to pray in the mind and spirit of Jesus while we believe his promises, rely upon his grace and work his works. And I think Kylie pointed that out as well in the mind of Jesus, in the spirit of Jesus, uh, under the control of a Jesus. Mm. Yeah. And, and as you pointed out, Kylie, uh, John chapter 14 is, of course, in the context of the previous chapter where Jesus is speaking about his betrayal and, uh, you know, he washes his disciples' feet and all those sorts of things of that night. Um, so when he says in John 14, verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Um, do you think that the, the disciples would have found those words encouraging or uplifting? You know? Yes, certainly. So he was yeah, telling them not to be troubled, not to be worried. And he was saying to them that even though there would be a separation, that separation was not going to last forever. And if you go on and look at verses two and three, um, they're wonderful as well. You know, he promised that he was preparing a place for them in heaven. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, 
I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Mm. Yes. So, um, I mean, that kingdom that he was promising was far beyond their expectations. They were just looking really for an earthly kingdom, but he was promising them an eternal kingdom where they would be with him forever. Yes. It wasn't just, you know, power over the Roman authorities or something (laughs) like that. This was a heavenly power that he's talking Mm. about. Um, Erika, are there conditions for for answered prayers? Uh, That seems to be what we find in Scripture, uh, Clive. Um, Obviously, there is that uh, basic yearning and need. Um, There's a need uh, for for God. Uh, There's our openness to the moving and the working of the Spirit. And also uh, the, the whole element of faith which comes into play. For example, I'm reading from Mark chapter uh, 11, verse 24. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Emphasis, of course, is believing uh, and a faith. Uh, And then, of course, there's also the element of uh, patience. That is waiting on God, uh, for God to intervene, to provide in his own uh, time. I find this uh, statement very uh, helpful uh, to this question, Clive, by Alan White from A Call to Stand, chapter 7, page 27. Take to him everything that perplexes the mind. Nothing is too great for him to bear. Mm. Beautiful promise. Isn't that a tremendous promise? You know, uh, you know God carries the, the, uh, the universe yes. know, on his heart. And so, but he's concerned about you and me too. Yeah. And that's the wonderful thing about it. Now, the Bible records the, uh, uh, the names of a select few who have gone to heaven of, from humanity. I could think of Enoch, for example. Mm. Um, Moses was resurrected. Uh, we, we read in scripture. Um, who else? Elijah. Uh, was, was taken Take to heaven and chariot yeah. of fire, you know. But but for most of us, we we don't actually have that experience. Mm. For most of us, the reality is that our life is finite, uh, and we will die. Um, so, Kylie, what does the the resurrection, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, what does that tell us? This life is not all there is. Uh, you know, the resurrection of Jesus himself gives us assurance that we will rise from the dead. And um, so he's now actually seated at the right hand of the father and he has authority and power and he offers to give that to us today. So in Acts 1 and verse 8, Uh, Jesus, as he was leaving earth, he said to the disciples, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And that promise is still there for us today. You know, the Holy Mm. Spirit has not been withdrawn. But um, so, yeah, that promise is right there for the asking. Mm. Yeah, the the promise of power is Mm. just as relevant today, mm. isn't it, for, for us? Um, I'd like to uh, have a look at another comment that uh, Paul had made, and he was writing to the, the church at, at Ephesus, and in Ephesians chapter 1 and verses 15 and 16, I read that, therefore I also, after I heard 
of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And, and then Paul starts on, <laughs> Eureka, he starts on one of his typically long uh, <laughs> involved sentences yes. you know, that Paul seems to be famous for. Uh, but, but what does he have to say about, about power as he goes on here in this passage? I think, Clive, it's, it's important for us to continue reading from those two verses that uh, you men mentioned uh, already. Um, 17 and, and 18, uh, there's uh, three important things that are mentioned there. But perhaps uh, if I can read 19 to 21 to give us a clearer picture uh, of this power. So I'm reading to you now from verse 19 to 21. This is Ephesians chapter 1. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Clive, it seems in this exposition and this letter of Paul to, to the Ephesians, the centerpiece that manifests the power of God is the resurrection of a Jesus Christ. That, that power, which answers one of the basic uh, questions of life, what happens uh, after death? I, mean, I, I know that we all yearn to live longer and, and healthier, but the reality is that one day we will die but the death of uh, Christ and his resurrection mm. uh, gives us the hope not only of what happens now, but the future. Uh, and that is quite uh, powerful. Uh, and this is, again, part of what we read in other passages of Scripture, such as 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1 and verse 8. The power of the death and resurrection uh, of Jesus Christ. So let me read this uh, to you as, uh, uh, as we close. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power uh, of God. Okay, let me just move on. And thank you, Erika, for your, your comments there. Uh, let me just move on, Carly, to think about the word worry. <laughs> You know, we worry about things that might happen or things that have happened or, or could happen uh, and so on. What should we do with worry as a Christian? Yeah, well, I love what it says in 1 Peter 5 and verse 7. It says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. So when we have worries, uh, we should give them to God. And here, actually, Peter is quoting from the Old Testament. He's qu actually quoting from Psalm 55 and verse 22, which says, Cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. And yeah, so these are just wonderful promises. And actually, it kind of sounds, you know, too good to be true to say that we should just give our worries to God. But that, you know, it's not God's will that we should just be burdened down with worries. Of course, that doesn't mean that we don't plan and try our best to prepare. But once, you know, we've 
done our best, we can leave it with God. And so just one final promise about this, um, that Jesus spoke um, not only to his disciples, but to everyone. He in Matthew chapter 11 and verses 28 to 30, he said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, yeah, when we have Christ, as we've been saying, even during difficult times, we know that we have the assurance of God's presence and we can, you know, leave our worries with him. Mm. Yeah. So listener and viewer, you know, you can take that promise uh, to yourself as one coming from direct to your heart from mm. Christ. Um, when I go back to the Psalms in Psalm 137, I'm trying to picture what it was like for the people of Israel to be in captivity. Mm. And here in verse one of Psalm 137, by the waters of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept. When we remembered Zion. Um, just imagine, you know, how they, they're feeling here. Uh, but was God still with America, even though they were in captivity? Uh, Isaiah 39, um, God provides a warning to King Hezekiah, but chapter 40, he brings that assurance that even in captivity, even in suffering, even when they were uh, cut off from their community uh, in, in Israel and Jerusalem, God was with them. Let me read to you uh, a text that speaks to that space. This is Isaiah 40, verse 11. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lamb in his arms and carries them loose to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. The answer is an absolute yes, Clive. Mm. Yeah, and when we go down to Isaiah 40 verse 27 says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Um, Erica, this, this feeling of being forgotten by God seems to be quite palpable here, isn't it? Well, I think it's, it's, it's normal. I mean, as human and living on this earth, uh, we may be tempted to think sometimes that God doesn't care or God is not present with us. But again, the message is quite clear when we read Isaiah 40, 28 to 31 uh, and 1 Peter 5 verse 7, which Kylie, of course, shared with us earlier. Like the way the New Living Translation puts it in this way, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares uh, for you. Uh, another writer, Fritz uh, Rineke, uh, has also made a, a point about talking about this experience in terms of casting and, and throwing, which literally means throwing everything that you have, that God through Christ uh, is able to pick it up and carry it for you. That's a wonderful thought, uh, Clive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's the same word I understand that is used when the people threw their garments mm. uh, onto the back of the colt, you know. Yes. For, for Jesus to ride on the colt, you know. So it's quite, quite expressive, isn't it? Throwing our cares upon him. Um, can you uh, think of another time, uh, Kylie, when God's people felt forgotten? Well, during the time of Esther, um, you know, there was a death decree and um, God's name is not even mentioned in the book of Esther, but his presence is there all through the book. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and the beautiful thing is, too, of course, when you come to the last book of the Bible, 
You know, there's the promise there that through all the difficult times uh, that we go through, there is a, there is a better day ahead. Mm. Um, you know, when God's people will stand on Mount Zion and, they, and God's people will be saved during the final crisis. Absolutely. You know, knowing the truths about God can help sustain us in times of stress and trial. And, and thank you, Kylie and, and Erika, for your comments today. Uh, Jesus once said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Ignorance and error are bad masters. Truth is liberating. While we may not be able to see God with our eyes, our faith is based on solid evidences. Through his creation, his providences, his revelation of himself in his son, Jesus, and so much more, supported by these evidences, we can indeed say we can see the invisible. Well, we're glad you joined us today on Let God Speak. Remember, all past programs plus teachers' notes are available on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Email us if you wish on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. Join us again next time. Until then, God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.